Monday morning on the new tab at Breakfast Show. We're coming to the concluding stages, which means we finish off with the Courier Mail's chief sports writer in Robert Crash. Craddock Crash, good morning. Good morning to you, Paul and Jared, and welcome to the cricket season with the West Indies arriving playing two games in Queensland this week at Metricon Stadium and the Gabba. I mean, I, I, have you ever seen a more anonymous entry for a West Indies oh, team to Queensland? Remember back in the day in the <laughs> 1980s, if the West Indies were coming to town, Crasher, it was the number one ticket. Everyone had to be there. Well, I, I still remember the 1992 tour. Richie Richardson, their captain, did something really... Uh, Brisbane was their first port of call, and we were waiting for him. We thought... Their flights landed and none of them have come through customs. So we're sitting there waiting at the customs door. Then all of a sudden, all the passengers had disembarked off the flight. Everyone was through and then it opened one last time and there they were, 19 West Indian cricketers all walking through customs together. And it was a sign of unity, a sign of strength. It looked fabulous on the television news that night. And I just thought, that's a team, you know. But you're right, Paul, it was front-page news. It was uh, on the headlines everywhere. But this time, the world's changed, mate. Yeah. Uh, uh, talking about a unified team, Penrith Panthers as a club are certainly that. Well, Paul, this to me is the story of the grand final. Uh, you know, the team which was a homegrown team. And if you can do it, they're the most powerful force in sport because... You know, it all happened back in about 2015-16, didn't they, when they got Luai and Cleary and Fisher-Harris and Edwards all playing in, in the SG ball and the, and the uh, lower competitions, the juniors together, building up a bond which will last for lifetime. And it's so hard to do in professional sport because you get the eyes picked out of you, don't you? You go up, your players become so valuable you can't afford them and some of them get taken off your hands. But Penrith have managed to do it. And, and I think it's reminded everyone, the Dolphins, the Broncos, everyone, that the best way to win a premiership is just get your, see what you can grow in your own backyard. And if they can bond, they will be a team like no other. Do the Penrith Panthers feature in your underrated, I'm guessing? Yeah, they do. Uh, but not one that's uh, left three years ago. I, I just felt that... Everyone bags Phil Gould, don't they? Gee, he cops some. But he was there as the Penrith general manager from 2011 to 2019. And it was during that period where he reorganised the whole club. Look, he didn't get everything right in that time. You know, he, he, you know, he made moves that sometimes just didn't work. But that was the key period where he put key administrators in important positions and all these young kids were mobilised. A heap of them went to school together uh, at Blacktown, uh, and, and, and as I said, in, in their late teens, they all come together. And that's, this is the premiership Phil Gould was talking about all those years, saying we must grow from within, we are strong and we are big. So he's on gone. He's with the Bulldogs now, but a tick to him, underrated. Dylan Edwards, I just think, what a fullback. I'm glad he got man of the match. He's great cover defending tackle. And isn't it funny how... Players and sportsmen are a prisoner of how they look, aren't they? Like, he doesn't look like the supreme athlete, but he is. He's a wonderful athlete and uh, what a performer. And thirdly underrated, Ryan Fox, the, the son of the famous all-black Grant Fox, winning the Dunhill Links Championship uh, uh, overnight, $1.2 million. He's been a really popular guy who, who's bounced around the circuit in Australia 
He's uh, wouldn't have an enemy in the world. One of the fastest players on tour. They say if you had two Ryan Foxes together, they'd do 18 holes in two hours. Like he just goes bang. So uh, all credit to him. And under this is the highlight of his career. Crash, yeah, yeah. He's, he's a friend of this show. So he, he joins us quite regularly. Uh, he's one of the nicest blokes you'll ever meet. Yep, absolutely. And I love the, the slower, the sort of... Uh, the unsung achiever, you know, when he's doing the country circuit, I know when he went up to Toowoomba, he called around and visited Mike Hendry, who stays at a uh, good mate of mine, Kev McSweeney's place, and he pops in and says g'day. And just a uh, no ego about him. And as you say, when he comes on the show, he's wonderful. And so I, I, I just think that, uh, you know, it's a... I, I like these guys that just devoid of any great ego about them and just battle away and I always hoped his career would have this sort of moment and to have Rory McIlroy who's having a wonderful year very underrated himself what he's done this year finishing two shots behind him well played Ryan Fox well Ryan Fox is just another one to a massive list who who started to come on the show and then their career went upwards <laughs> yes including all of us really yeah. <laughs> very oh hang on I went us. down yeah. sorry <laughs> Such, uh, there, there is a correction there now uh, have you found an overrated for us overrated two quick things <clears throat> I thought Pen- Parramatta's forward pack gosh I talked him up all week last week Jared, saying they're big fellas they're strong they were brutalised last night, weren't they? That that was as savage a... They call it the black wall, don't they, Penrith's defence? And didn't they just monster Parramatta's forwards? Who, by the end of it, you could just tell when they were taking up the ball, they were scared about what lay ahead of him. So I've got to give them a, a, a red cross. And also, I feel... For all this debate over rugby league's rules this year in the bunker and, and just the six-again rule, I actually like the way the game's been played at the moment. It's fast. It's quick. It'll shorten careers. No question of that, the six-again rule. But you'd much rather be this way, Jared, than the rugby union way of too many stoppages. Like, it's, mm. it's, uh, it, it's, it's in pretty good shape, rugby league. You know what, Crash? It has been one of my favourite rugby league seasons for about five or six, I reckon, or, or even longer. I've really enjoyed the season, the NRL competition, and, and also State of Origin, the series this year, I thought was one of the best. Oh, look, it, it, it really was, Paul. And just as we say, the, I, I know within the Players Association, they feel that this new six again rule will shorten careers uh, because the pace of the game has left some of the big boppers behind. But... It's fast, it's quick, and, and, and that's what that's what they want, and that's what they're getting. And even the bunker, everyone bags it. But I've got to say this: let's, here's an honesty test for our listeners. When they say, "Oh, this will have to go to the bunker," you never take your eyes off the television, do you? I'm dying to find out, for for better and for worse, what the bunker comes up with, because it's compelling television that replay. I enjoyed as much. Sometimes I enjoy the, the replays on the bunker as much as the action themselves. Come on, be honest, Paul, so do you. <laughs> I think that's the problem, though, Crash. Most people don't know what the bunker are going to come up with. Yeah, it, well, there's still that mystery. And even last night, there was a very poor decision for a try that should have been disallowed when a, a decoy runner ran to the outside shoulder of a player. But you, you know what? I still feel that even though... Oh, and doesn't it provide some coverage on, on television to the point where I'm actually... I tell you what, I'm, I'm sick of all the, you know, conversations about get rid of the bunker, but I still quite enjoy watching it. Isn't it funny? 
Crash, so what did you, what have you learned this season from Penrith? Well, just that if I was stunned they did what they did because Darren Lockyer made a famous quote about going back to back premierships and he said, you just lose 3% of motivation when you've got to reclimb Mount Everest the second year. And he said, you can tell yourself you're fully motivated, but you're not. He said, that's why it's so hard. But when they got to the big day, they were just unbeatable. I don't believe any side in the history of the game would have beaten Penrith yesterday. They were brutal. As they said, that first half was the best that generation has ever played. So occasionally, as I said, you get this situation where you get boys boys growing to men together. They trust each other. You see it in defence where they just leave a, a player to the player outside or inside of him knowing, no, I've got him, I've got him. And, and they're so hard to get through. So that's that's what it taught me. Grow from within. And, and I, I send this message out particularly to the Dolphins because I think they can do that. I reckon the Dolphins are going to try and do that. Sure, they've bought a hold-your-ground team with Felusi and the Bromwich boys. Yeah, you've got you've to buy the experienced guys first up to, to get your club so that you're not disgraced next year. But then, water your garden, plant the seeds. I know the Dolphins are looking all the way up the coast to Rockhampton and they want to get the next Reed Marnie out of Nambour. They want to get the next Cameron Munster out of Rockhampton, the next Harry Grant out of Rockhampton. So it's a slow-fuse project, but I reckon when it comes to fruition, they will be a powerful club for that. Were you a fan of Jimmy Barnes's performance? Uh... <laughs> I love his song. And I, Jared, Paul, we grew up with Chisel. It was a soundtrack of our lives, wasn't it? So <laughs> I find it hard to give him a failure, but I, he is a screecher now on stage. If you adjust your screechometer tolerance level, you, you enjoy him for the show, you know? And, and I, I just, I, I did enjoy him, but I also get the other side of it where people who aren't big Chisel fans saying, oh, gosh, he's true. He screeches, doesn't he? I but, would have thought that he, he would have belted out simply the best. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, I want, sometimes with copyright, you never know where these shows are going. No. But the great entertainers, Jared, and I'll put this to you and Paul and our listeners. A bloke said to me once, the great entertainers sometimes don't have great voices. Like, uh, Mark Knopfler from Dire Straits. He wouldn't have got through the first round of Australian Idol. Gene Simmons from Kiss. Does he actually have a voice? I'm not sure. And no. guys like Bob Dylan, a very unique sort of voice. How would he have gone to the talent show? But they're all the guys I love. <laughs> you make a very good point there, Crash. Now, while we're talking Penrith, can they do three in a row? I don't think so. I just think... That, that the Darren Lockyer rule will come into play there. After two in a row, the celebrations will be big. They'll lose Kikau, of course, and um, someone else they're losing. Who is it? Someone... Um, uh, Abby Coruscant. Uh, yeah, Car well, big loss there. Those two players, Coruscant, of course, uh, off to the Bulldogs. But oh, I, I, I just... I'd be stunned if they... Uh, you've got the Cowboys' favourites for next year, Jared, haven't you? No. No, no, they're $13. Thirteen dollars. No. So, who, who have you got favourites? Have you got Penrith favourites again? Yeah, three fifty. Three fifty. Yeah, yeah. And then the Roosters. Is that right? Yeah, they're seven. Yeah, yeah. Broncos about what? Seventeen. Twenty-one. Twenty-one. Yeah. Oh, I thought that was that was about right. You've probably got to start with Penrith favourites, but I, I just for some something tells me they won't win it. 
Crash, uh, yeah, you've seen the new Dolphins jersey for season 2023. Are you a fan? Well, I like It's an orangey red, and the bottom half of it seems to be cream. Here's what I say. I do love the red colour because, Paul, here's the mystery of all mysteries. None of the other teams in the competition claimed the colour red. Isn't that amazing? Like, the, the, it was there for the Dolphins to choose, and it's a lovely colour and a good jersey. The only thing I did, I would make it more red. I'd get rid of the cream at the bottom and have a sort of a, a good, strong, one-colour jersey. I mean, if you said to me, what is the best jersey in world sport, without a doubt, I would say the All Blacks. And all it is is black, but it's strong and it's unique and it's powerful. Like, you know, the Reds, Liverpool in soccer, it's just red, you know. You don't have to apologise for having one colour on your jersey, Paul. What do you think? I, the modern, I reckon that's one thing that has that is overrated. Modern rugby league jerseys that have got 11 different colours on them. <laughs> the simplicity uh, yeah, seems to rule the best, doesn't it? Well, when I say to you Balmain 1980s... I'm orange. Orange, absolutely. And nothing but orange and maybe a bit of black. But it's powerful. They, they, when I say the Canberra Raiders, you think that strong green Mel Meninga jersey. You know, you, it, they jump out of history at you, don't they? Tommy Radonikus and Wests, what are you thinking? What colour? Black. Black. You can see it. And, and, and oh, that's why I just well, think... Think state that, of origin crasher. Oh, exactly. Maroon. Boom. Blue. Boom. So I love the, the redness in the Dolphins jersey, but I hope it, it, it just takes over the jersey, Paul. <laughs> Well, the other thing too, there's an alignment there with, with where they're where they're at, where they play. Really. Yeah, 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 exactly. And uh, yeah, well, very good point. And uh, but they they I, I know they are privately excited and, and thrilled by and surprised that no other team had ever claimed a red jersey. And Penrith at one stage were chocolate. Remember that? Like, I, I, I actually like the chocolate brown soldiers. Oh. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, mate, it never got me going. <laughs> it wasn't right for you. Crash, look, there's a lot of other sport happening besides rugby league. We're into the AFL off-season, but Hawthorne are going to be featuring and featuring big time at least, well, for the next couple of months at least. They are indeed with the allegations of the Hawthorne report. Three players, uh, very serious against Chris Fagan, the, the uh, Lions coach, but more seriously, Alistair Clarkson, who was Hawthorne's head coach at the time. Now, I, this investigation, they hope to wind up by the end of the year, but it has become so mired in legal debate that they can't even get the right panel to, 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 to start interviewing people. And then I hear that several of the Indigenous players, all their partners who gave evidence to the inquiry and then to journalist Russell Jackson are having reservations about giving it a third time. And I totally get that. I mean, that often happens when, you know, the, the things become public, the world closes in, and they just think, we just can't go through this again. So this whole matter, Clarkson and, and Fagan have issued strong denials. It could go on and on and on. And there is no certainty that Fagan will be available to coach the Lions early next year because he has stood down, as Clarkson has, and so, because they won't be back until the inquiry's finished. And then you have to ask yourself this question, Paul. 
what state of mind would they be in? Will they be scarred? Will they be chastened? Will they be vilified? Will they be vindicated? No one knows, you know. So it's uh, the whole thing is very, very, very complex and it is taking, I know, an enormous toll on both sides of the argument. The Indigenous players and Clarkson, whose condition is described as fragile, and Chris Fagan, who is reportedly devastated by it. That probably wouldn't surprise too many, I, I wouldn't think. Um, so I think the sooner they get to the bottom of it and, and get it sorted, the better. Yeah, and I'd like to see both Clarkson and Chris Fagan speak publicly about it. They haven't. And I, I think you, it's, it's OK to say, oh, it's with our lawyers. But if you strongly believe in your innocence, I, I do believe they should be saying that, you know, like like facing a press conference or, you know, just talking about it. You, there are certain things that I guess they can't say, but I, I think that's what worried me initially about both men is that I've had this long-held theory in the media, Jared, that when something is categorically incorrect... Uh, and these allegations from the Indigenous players are very serious, uh, of course. When something is incorrect, normally there's a denial within two or three hours, you know, mm. boom, boom. It, it, you, you don't need a lawyer to draft a statement, you can just deny something. So the, the denials were slow in coming uh, and very deliberate. And, yeah. co and, and, and But, you know, Fagan's been wonderful for the Lions. We've talked him up on this show many times. He's a, you know, uh, he's completely turned around the club. Uh, and so a lot of people are hoping these allegations aren't true. Um, and it just doesn't line up with the Chris Fagan that a lot of people know up here. So, um, you know, it's just... But there are two sides to the story, and I'm not sure at this stage who's right, who's wrong, or indeed whether the truth is a shade of grey. Crash, turning our attention to cricket, as you said, the West Indies are here for a couple of games leading into the T20 World Cup. What do the selectors do with Cameron Green? They unearthed Travis Head as an opening batsman in the ODIs in Pakistan and then they moved him sideways when Aaron Finch came back into the side. Can you overlook Cameron Green's form in India and bring David Warner back in and not make a change for Australia's T20 World Cup squad? Well, yes, that, that's exactly right what they can do because... They can't change the squad unless there's an injury. Now, Marcus Stoinis uh, is the sole Australian battling an injury at the moment, but I, I sense he'll be right for the World Cup, which means Green cannot get in. You can't... You, your side is finalised and he hasn't been chosen. He is in a 16-man squad that will take on the West Indies at Metricon and the Gabba on Friday night, but... David Warner is back, so it makes total sense to play David Warner with Aaron Finch at the top of the order because they will open in the World Cup in Australia next month. I feel so sad about this because I feel we're missing a chance. This kid is so good. He honestly could be anything. And I think in two years' time we'll look back and say, oh, how did he go in the World Cup in Australia? And you say, he didn't play. We'll go, what? No. <laughs> and, 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 Paul, you probably think I'm going to bag the selectors for not choosing him, but he did sort of sneak up on, on, on this team. He wasn't really a classical T20 player. Oh, he, he hasn't been... You know, you're right, Crash. It's not as if he's been scoring runs all over the place in, in white ball cricket. No, no, exactly. So... 
it's easy to look back and, and, and bag people for not choosing him, but he wasn't in my squad. I, I wasn't even talking about him. But he's that good. He's that good. He, he can just do anything, this kid. And it just saddens me that with this giant levers, Paul, that he, you know, the power hitting that he won't be there. And West Indies, can they be competitive? They've been woeful for several years now, but what, what do they bring to the table this week? Yeah, but you know what? They've, in T20 cricket, they're always likely to surprise Jared. They, they just, it's their form of the game. It's becoming increasingly more popular in the West Indies. Uh, several of their players are in the Indian Premier League. And, and I just think, don't, don't write them off. They are, just okay. when you think, you know, I mean, Chris Gale, who, who's no longer with, but he was a superstar in the West Indies who inspired a lot of kids. They saw the money he was earning in the West Indies and they, that, uh, to play T20 cricket. So they're, they're not the worst of West Indies. Don't worry about that. Crash, always a pleasure to join you, us each and every Monday morning. We're out of time. We'll catch up next week. See you then.